Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty. I'm very pleased to have you with us and I'm especially pleased to have my good friend Tony Salazar with us again. He has the distinct honor of being the first guest I've ever had on twice. It's mostly because we have so much to talk about. We started the conversation last week. We thought we'd continue the conversation this week. So thanks for being here, Tony. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it, Patrick, for being here. Well, in addition to uh, having such a wealth of knowledge, we couldn't get through even half of it last time. Uh, you're also a, a, a local, so we're both here in in Las Vegas, which is kind of cool. We got to get together for lunch the other day and uh, uh, going to breakfast tomorrow morning to uh, talk additional business with an, another friend of ours. So we just have all kinds of things happening, don't we? Yes, we do. It's uh, it's really good. It's really good to to have like minded people right in your network absolutely so if you if you didn't listen to um last week's episode maybe you just stumbled across us or you just picked it up today i encourage you to go back and hear some of tony's story where he talked about his experience as a as an entrepreneur here he started in banking eventually started his own business it grew into a very successful uh, recycling company that he uh, eventually sold and how he has continued to evolve and pivot and grow as, as a business owner. Um, today, we're going to focus in on his work as a lender and also his uh, work as a, as a renowned expert in all things crypto and blockchain. So uh, I'm very interested in that topic and uh, a lot of our listeners are. So we're looking forward to picking his brain um, especially on that topic. But, but let's start out a little bit um, on the finance side. Now, you and I have had some conversations about money and currency and the difference uh, between those two. Let's talk about that and then let's get into the state of uh, banking as it is today, because I know you have a lot of thoughts on that topic. Yes. Um, I mean, pretty much if you think, if you see, I, what I'm seeing is a transition from old way of doing business where it was all paper-based you know and i think people have seen that already you know with the invent of internet to now digital money and how we're going to go move through the future uh especially in this new invent called web3 that's growing in uh popularity and the talk of web3 and all you need to know about Web3 is when people talk about that, it's it's having, you know, just same thing as we do the internet, but it's in 3D, right? So because of the event of the Oculus and VR, and now you have AI, uh, that pushing of the envelope of where we're going, what's the next uh, evolution of the internet? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you and I, um, when we were at lunch the other day, we were talking about um, how money is not, um, it's not, you know, having money or currency digitized is not a new thing, right? We think that 
oh, blockchain, now things are being digitized. That's been going on for quite some time, right? Right. That is, that's correct. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, back in the 50s, 1950s, we had, it was the credit card. The credit card was invented, right? The first credit card network was called the Diners Club. And, you know, and then in the, you know, 60s and 70s, everything was paper-based. But then in the 80s with your debit card, now with your debit card and ATM machines, well, that's, they had to interact with these network of computers, right? And, you know, when you look in now into your phone and you log in on your app, right, that's all digital, right? So you're looking at your bank account from your laptop and you could be in, you know, even in another country. Um, you know, I remember like my parents, they talked to me and it was like, that was insane. Like I even had the experience in the 90s, early 90s, when I went to travel to Europe. I use traveler's checks. You know, I didn't have a debit card to, you know, transact. So I had to actually take my paper traveler's checks, right? Exchange that for the local money and, you know, interact business-wise and, and have a good time. So, but now, you know, you just take your debit card now, right? And you just let your bank know that you'll be traveling or you take your credit card. And now you can interact. And now you don't even need a debit card now with Apple Pay and, you know, Google Wallets and that sort of thing. You know, as long as they take Visa or MasterCard or, or take the Apple Pay in that uh, merchant, uh, you're good to go. That's right. I, I like the fact I can just hold my card up against the Costco gas gasoline tank, you know, the... the uh, what do you call it? The gas dispenser, and it's not wearing out my card every time I swipe it, right? I can just right, and that's that, that little RDIF chip that's embedded into your debit card. So, right, it's interesting, you know, as we look at all these technologies. Um, back to the concept of how money has been digitized for for decades now. We're talking a lot about AI and blockchain and all these things, but. But so often technologies existed a long time before they're generally understood or, or even go public. I mean, think about the internet, right? The military was using the internet long before it, it became public, right? Very true. Like, uh, so the ARPANET, which was the military-based internet, what you know today, uh, you know, that was developed in the 60s and it was used in the 60s and 70s, you know, to communicate, you know. Mm -hmm. What we use for emails was, you know, they they did that before in the 70s, right? But it was only a cl very closed-knit, you know, only military-based or government-based, um, you know, network. But mm -hmm. now, you know, with internet is just every, all these servers and computers talking to each other over, you know, pretty much your phone lines, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so... You know, even now when money and transaction money, that, that's going to be changing as well. A very, I mean, I mean, we kind of see it now where you use Zelle or these, what they call instant pay. Um, Venmo. Or Venmo or Cash PayPal App. Or, or whatever. Yeah, P PayPal is, is, is a pseudo, what I call a pseudo instant cash. But um and it depends on their how their network is set up, right? Their configuration behind the scenes is what makes that 
um, technology work, right? So, and mainly it's all convenience. I mean, imagine, I remember, like, I still don't deposit my checks using my phone. I, I still, I'm a little skeptical, right? Using, you know, taking a picture of the check. I'd rather just go to the ATM and just still, to this day, I'm still skeptical. <laughs> so I deposit <laughs> my check. too much. <laughs> Yeah, a physical check and the ATM, but still that's electronic base, right? Mm -hmm. So the same technology is on your phone is in the ATM machine as well. So when you deposit, you just take a picture of it and it's the routing number. It's capturing that information. Um, so and it and digitizing it and sending it through, you know, the internet. Hundred percent. You know, it's it it. It's interesting because as technologies develop and they create more ease and more efficiency and more speed, you know, global business and so forth, they also open us up to fraud, right? Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, it's it, a challenge. It's that's the challenge because everything's, you know, all this, these technologies are man made. So, you know, there's always a way to circumvent them and um, make it more you know, it's, it's not like impenetrable, right? So mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, go ahead, crypto, go ahead. yeah, no, it's fine. Like what cryptocurrencies or blockchain is trying to do is to make it more in, impenetrable, right? Yeah. I was just going to say, I always, uh, I always think if criminals spent all their bandwidth, their, their, their intellect, their genius in many respects on on productive things like curing cancer or or stopping poverty or <laughs> fixing the water problem or you know or something instead of instead of uh, using it on uh, criminal endeavors and identity theft and fraud and all these things i mean the world would be such a good place they could probably make more money doing you know starting uh, their own company rather than trying to take advantage of others, but you know, that's not going to change, but it's unfortunate because there's a lot of smart criminals out there. Yeah, there is a very smart criminal. And, and it's funny because in the movies we see, you know, the thief or the bank robber, the typical bank robber, you know, going inside of a, a building and this is a stick up, right? Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. Like I think, I feel like in the next two, 20 years, it's, it's pretty much uh, cyber criminals, right? So, I mean, those are going to be the, those are the new bank robbers is the cyber criminals. For sure. Well, and I mean, cybersecurity is a massive growing business and they talk about how often businesses are hacked and how often our identity is, is stolen or is threatened. It's kind of, it's kind of scary, right? As you, I mean, I think it's very unnerving to many of us because we don't feel like we have a lot of control over that. There's criminals out there much smarter than most of us. And and so what do we do about it, right? How do we protect uh, our, our identities? How do we protect ourselves and our businesses and our loved ones? Uh, I know part of that, we're going to get into the blockchain conversation, which is... Yeah, so pretty much that. you want to, how to protect yourself. So you want to make sure that the devices that you use are, you know, they have some kind of antivirus. Um, make sure that your information is kept in safe places, you know. 
Uh, don't give out your information to anyone. And that's getting harder and harder to do, by the way, because mm -hmm. like even having a Gmail or account or Hotmail account, mainly um, those buttons that say, hey, sign up, sign up by using your Gmail account or Gmail email. Mm -hmm. um, what you're doing in essence is checking the box that yes, you can, you, you're allowing people to have all your information right and interact with that uh app application so make sure that when you do say and consent uh, is huge and privacy is huge going to be i think it's going to be a big debate in the near future well it's already here it's going to be a big debate because um like these big companies like google and facebook and you know any pretty much they're collecting your data, you know, and how you um, even think, how you reason, how you shop, right? Amazon as well. And so your decision-making, right? And that profile, they're collecting data more and more and more. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> even voting, uh, voter registrations is getting more prevalent, you know, more evasive where, you know, all these polls, are actually, you know, getting information and in how your your decision making are, are, are yeah. as well. I heard uh, not too long ago that Tesla, you know, as many cars of the, as they've sold, that is not where their biggest wealth comes from. Their billions of dollars, it's from data collection, and the Tesla car is a just an almost uh, incomparable data collector right it knows what time you leave for work how fast you drive where you stop for coffee where you go for your dry cleaning which music you listen to which talk show radio or news station i mean the list goes on and on and on that is correct that is that is kind of scary but it but why why do you think it's so valuable to these companies i mean tesla has made billions of dollars from just collecting data from their drivers and their customers and turning well, around and selling it. Who are they selling it to and why is it so valuable? Well, imagine, I mean, it's your sales guy, right? If I know what products you want or you prefer, right? So then I can give you suggestions of and push products that you want, right? That I don't have to sell evasively, right? I can sell you very indirectly, right? Very subliminally. And so you're because I already know your preferences. And then I know what, how to build a widget or a product that you most likely will prefer. And so in, that's what they're collecting data on is what is profitable. So if more and more people give their data or their preferences um, to big, big data, right, uh, they can build widgets that configure to you. Right. So... I think you mean invasively, where it's invasive, it's getting, it's, it's almost predatory, right? Yeah, yeah uh, it is. <laughs> you know, but as you, um, as you talk about that topic, you know, it's, it, and it's an interesting segue, an interesting conversation when we start getting into finance. Yeah. Um, I mean, talking about security and protection and protecting our, our ID, our, you know, our identity, our, our assets, our transactions, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, we're coming up on our, our first uh, break here in just a minute, but uh, this next segment, we're going to get into crypto and talk a little bit about that. But uh, before we take the break, though, talk about the difference between currency and money. Yeah, so, currency and money are two different things. So money is actual value, intrinsic value, you see. So it could be any asset or capital. So it doesn't have to be currency. Uh, and then currency is the actual physical currency that you use for legal tender, right? So that's the difference. So uh, money can be gold, silver, an asset that, uh, you know, has value or intrinsic value mm -hmm. that you can use. Gotcha. You know, it's funny. Um, I've talked to a lot of people throughout my career, Tony, but... You're one of the most interesting people I've met because you you have this depth of knowledge about so many topics. How did how did it come about? How did you get to be the the Renaissance man that you are? So I'm like I said, I'm very curious. I'm a very curious person. And when I was in banking, I mean, I was I started in banking very young when I was in 19 years old. Um, you know, and money touches everything, every aspect of your life, right? Like I said, you you were born, you get a bill, right? You die, you get a bill. <laughs> so That's I'm crazy. like, okay, so everything you do, you know, to feed yourself, to shelter yourself, you, you have to interact with money, uh, money and currency. So, um, so I really started going this rabbit hole is like, how does our system really work? What, you know, how does this all came about? And then the more and more I started understanding how the system works, you know, just like if any game that you're playing, like, let's say we're going to play Jenga or Monopoly, right? So the first question is like, well, what are the rules, right? What are the rules of the game? Which is, by the way, not taught in any school when it comes to money. Uh, most right. people get their, their education about money uh, from their parents, right? Uh, or just by seeing other people. So it's interesting how that all happens. It's absolutely true. I mean, we talk about how the rich get richer. Many times it's because they're teaching their children how to do what they did, right? And it's passing that wealth and maybe even more importantly, that knowledge down generationally. So uh, we're going to go to our break real quick. Thanks for listening. And we're visiting with Tony Salazar. He's the He's the founder and CEO of Maybill Academy, which through which he teaches many of these principles. You can actually uh, become a student for free. There's a, there are some sponsorship options and so forth. But um, really appreciate you being here, Tony. We're going to go to break, but we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T 
T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. Thanks for being here with us. You are our special guest, but we're visiting with Tony Salazar, who is a a new friend of mine, new introduction, but we've uh, come to find out we're sort of kindred spirits. We have a lot in common and a lot of common interests and, and connections. In fact, we've started working together in my company, uh, Certainty Management. We help companies find more certainty and create greater certainty in their lives and in their businesses. And one of the things that we are offering was introduced to us by Mr. Salazar here. Uh, you want to talk for just a minute about David Allen Capital, Tony, absolutely. and what you guys do there? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, as a banker, and that's my background, so I found David Allen Capital. Uh, it's a network of agents that, you know, for funding, for startups, funding small businesses and business owners, micro lending, you know, they, they land up from uh, $2,000 all all the way to $2 million in funding. So line of credits. And so there's a a slew of products uh, for, and it's mainly lending for entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, So it's one of my things that I have in my toolbox because Mayville Academy is an educational uh, component. And so what Mayville Academy does is an educational website uh, to for entrepreneurs, uh, how to be in business, what are the things, what are the pitfalls of being in business. And so I've been there and I'd, I'd rather have people, you know, educate them. And we were talking about before the break how education is very important about money and and knowing how the money system works so that it can work for you instead of you working for it. Well, as you know, and we know, um, it is not taught in schools, right? None of us took a personal finance class in high school or even 
even a basic um, financial literacy class. I, I right. think it's starting to happen more and more. I've heard of it a little bit here and there, but uh, one of my very first guests uh, was, his name is Don Oberly. He owns a company called Credit IQ. And he said the same thing. He says, nobody teaches it. Nobody teaches why credit is important, why having a good credit score is important. He, he in fact, tried to create a, an agenda and a movement to get it into the high schools. And he, not only was it not uh, supported, but he got pushback on it, if you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And think about why that is. He said, the banks, the lenders are not incentivized to have people educated, you know. To, you know, to know. Finance. Yeah. The people, he, they do not want people up to speed. They don't want people money smart because if they are they're not going to pay their high interest they're not going to do their <laughs> they're, they're they're not going to need their products and services as much as they do absolutely and so there's a different way and that kind of gets into the crypto genre um you know in 2008 that 2008 actually january 2009 is when bitcoin was launched and mm -hmm. most people don't know what Bitcoin is, or they'll say Bitcoin is synonymous to cryptocurrency, which is not true. Uh, Bitcoin is just, it is a network. It is a uh, financial network that's decentralized. So the, so like, for example, MasterCard and Visa that we use all the time with our debit cards, uh, those are networks as well. And the only thing they're configured differently than Bitcoin. So the only difference is that, you know, you have Visa and MasterCards that are centralized and they have a CEO and then there's many layers of management and whatnot. And Bitcoin is not. It's configured where it's decentralized, where there is no CEO, there is no uh, middleman or a centralized and, uh, computer that actually moves those those digits of, you know, money uh, through the through the network, so mm -hmm. even how it's configured differently, you have uh, Visa and Mastercard, where the, the the merchant is the one or the business owner that actually pays to uh, for the network, right? They they Visa and Mastercard charges you to be in their network, where in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency networks, uh, so Bitcoin is not the only one. Now there's uh, the second largest um, crypto network is uh, Ethereum, mm -hmm. and that's gaining pretty a uh, pretty good steam. Um, <clears throat> and you know, like I said, the the difference is that uh, and Mastercard and Visa is like they're centralized, and you have Bitcoin and Ethereum that are decentralized. So. I think it's confusing to a lot of people because even the Bitcoin symbol looks like a coin, right? With a B on it. Yeah. So they think of it as a, and you hear of people mining Bitcoin and so forth and so on. So maybe you can drill down a little bit more on what that means to be decentralized, why it's important and why, sure. why do they have a coin for a logo and why do people talk about mining Bitcoin? Because it is confusing. Sure. Um, so what, we were talking about mining people's data before, like, you know, Google, and they monetize that. So Bitcoin um, is, it, you know, that is their, the native currency, because 
it's not dollars it's in our native the native currency for that network is a bitcoin or it's really a, a bit or a soundbite of a of a, a block a block of um, information and mainly they call it a ledger so that's what you're pushing around and and that's why it has uh in the bitcoin network uh there's only going to be 22 million blocks of information ever minted so think of it like your vinyls i don't know if you remember like the vinyls um music uh you know those have embedded information which is music on a vinyl and so once it's that ledger is uh, embedded it's immutable so there you cannot um write over it so that's a bitcoin where it's a bit of a vinyl per se or a uh, block of information that you're actually buying as a, as value now investors has come in and speculated on that because there's only 22 million that are ever going to be uh minted so now you have investors and in, in speculation and that's why bitcoin has risen in in price well, when you have a limited quantity of something, it's typically going to go up in value, right? That is correct. And then the more people that interact with that network, also the value goes up as well because there's more uh, usage or case use, use case in the network. So um, there has been other networks, like I call them copycats of Bitcoin that was tried and did not succeed they flopped because they didn't have a good configuration or they were experiments <laughs> i mean it was just a pilot program right and they just were testing things out because with any new technology there's an r d phase right so um so when you put your money into these different cryptos pretty much what you're doing is you're voting with your money so mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen in the future is you're not just like we vote for the president of the United States, I think, and it's getting, it's getting more and more that way where you vote with your money. So lobbyists, right, they push a lot of this money through the political system, right? And it's really your vote doesn't count anymore. <laughs> Pretty, I, I mean, and now we're getting into the philosophy of things, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, a lot of these big interests are voting the way that you, that you are or lobbying for your vote, right? Correct. Now, there's obviously a, a big movement of people coming to take part in certain in, in crypto and adopting it. There's a lot, lot more adoption of it these days than there has been in the past. But there are still a lot of people who are uncertain about it, and they're not so sure about this crypto thing. I, I talk to people fairly often who say, no, no, I don't do crypto. I don't trust it, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so, and yet talk a little bit about why, as we said, why uh, decentralization is important and what you feel the benefits of the blockchain and of crypto and Bitcoin are. Maybe you can explain what blockchain is as well. It's a big, obviously it's a big piece of it all. Absolutely. So first of all, let me describe what blockchain. Blockchain is nothing new. It is just a configure how to configure certain data, right? So think of you remember these USB 
uh, you know, your USB uh, flops. chips, yeah. right? Flops, like a little floppy disk, right? Imagine putting those in a chain that communicate with each other. Okay, so that's all it is. It's just a way of configuring data is how blockchain is. And so that's the technology that runs uh, pretty much cryptocurrency. So, um, so blockchain and cryptocurrency are not synonymous either, right? But it's just just like your computer has a motherboard, right? And you have RAM. That's that's just that's what's like the 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 brains of the whole computer. So blockchain is the brains of cryptocurrency and how that network can integrate with each other. So that network, all you're doing is you're you're plugging in all these computers together and talking to each other. So you guys can have a, a, a similar copy of that information or ledger, right, of transactions. So with that said, now you know that. So if I can decentralize the system of my currency that we use, that me and you, say Patrick and me, we agree to use this currency for now as a way of value. So it doesn't matter if I'm dealing in dollars or you want or uh, Mexican pesos or Canadian dollars, you know, we agree to do a transaction and we agree what currency now to do it in. So that's what's happening now. And the powers that be is fighting that because for years and years and years, for 80 years, um, the American dollar was the predominant world currency that the whole world used and everything's based on that. So like even, you know, gold and silver, when they track it, they track it in dollars, right? In that currency. Mm -hmm. So uh, they don't track it gold to silver ratio. You know, most people don't track it that way. But you can, right? Track, oh, I'm going to pay you in silver, right? In ounces of silver. So using certain currency as money... Right. And that's why I say money and currency are two separate things. Uh, money is the exchange of value or having a value system that we agree to upon as legal tender. So and your currency is what currency base you want to use. Um, so having a decentralized system that you can choose, you know, makes it a lot more powerful and you have a lot more freedom to choose in what system to interact with when you know and the whole premise of cryptocurrency is not to have middlemen to have if me and you patrick are going to do a transaction that we have a transaction that's just me and you and we don't have middlemen in between and what most people don't understand is like when you're using the visa and mastercard uh network you can have up to you know from two all the way to 12 even more people in that transaction and most people don't even know that because it's so it's 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 behind the scenes so when you go to walmart and you put your debit card in that validator that by the way that's that computer mm -hmm. right it's just a machine and to validate your transaction and you're paying ten dollars worth of groceries um and of course that ten dollars you that's your ten dollars but Walmart doesn't receive the $10. They might only receive $8.40 and 
And what happened to the $2.60, it, that goes to Metalman. $1.60. Or $1.60, <laughs> sorry. My math is off. So, <laughs> so you know, this international and ability to do transactions all over the world, and you're cutting out the middleman. I, I just love that. You know, I'm a big... Uh, I'm a big fan of direct sales and of of any sort of transaction where you're, it's between you and your consumer, and you're cutting out all these multiple layers, which add to costs, which add to complexity, and so forth and so on. I'm also intrigued by the fact that blockchain and all things blockchain are more secure. They talk about they how they can't be hacked. Can you explain that? Yeah, uh, sure. So crypt- break, but yeah, go ahead. And I know we're we're having a break, but. Just really quick, uh, so we can do the premise. So that's what crypto means. Crypto means is encrypted um, money, right? You got your, or I'm sorry, encrypted currency. So when you digitize your currency, um, you get to configure the way you want to configure it, right? Or you can vote and say, I want to use this system because it's the best configuration. So what do I mean by that is like, hey, I choose to have these middlemen's in in the transaction, and I choose to omit these middlemen. Right now we don't have that choice. You know, we have we go to Walmart and it's whatever they tell us. It, middleman is involved. I, I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about uh, creating and finding certainty in our lives. I think the more we can control our environment and control our outcomes and control at the direction we're moving in, who we're doing business with and how we're doing business with them. I mean, that's, that's a big pillar of creating more certainty in our lives. And it's one of the reasons crypto uh, appeals to me so much. It's for me, it's not, uh, it feels a lot less um, frightening or, 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 or feels a lot more secure than the stock market or, investment in even real estate, things like that. It just feels to me like as long as you learn how to do it, do it right, not only is there a, a lot more security in many respects, but a lot more upside. Would you agree? Right. I agree. And so you want to choose who you want to do business with, right? That's the future of cryptocurrency. If you choose to, if we choose all to participate in that. I, you know, and so part of that is freedom, right? And so not only like doing business when you're doing business and financial stuff, we were talking about your your information and private information, imagining a world where you choose to monetize your own private information and your preferences in the future, and you can opt in and opt out. Well, it's a, uh, it's a really fascinating topic. We are... Uh... Up against our uh, next and last break, uh, we're speaking with Tony Salazar, renowned crypto guru. You did a big conference here in uh, Las Vegas this last year, yes, first of many, had uh, a very large turnout. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about that and what the focus of the conference was. We'll get in a little bit more about crypto and how people can really protect themselves and benefit from crypto. I think it's a It's a topic a lot of people are wondering about. We'll be right back.
Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty. T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting with Tony Salazar, a renowned crypto expert and financier. Um, really enjoying the conversation, Tony. I think it's a very interesting topic to people. There's a lot of people who are adopting it and getting involved in crypto in various ways. Uh, others who aren't so sure about it yet, they're maybe not quite uh, quite convinced, but you know, how do we, I, I, want, I want us to talk a little bit about NFT and nodes and what those are, how they work. But I think the biggest question people have is how do I get involved in crypto? How do I benefit from the blockchain? You know, WTF, right? What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Or WIF, um, not WTF. (laughs) Uh, What do you you recommend? Yeah, so... What's your thought? Yeah, the easiest thing to do is to get a wallet, what they call a crypto wallet. A lot of them are free. They're free to download on your phone or... uh, Well, I wouldn't recommend to do transactions on your phone. I would do like have a computer, a standalone, and um, you know just download uh, a wallet where you keep your cryptocurrency that you choose to buy into. Uh, mainly at first is to do uh, ed- be educated, right? You got to understand how it works. What are the rules? What are the the pros? What are the cons of having certain cryptocurrencies. There's many, there's thousands of cryptocurrencies out there. Each one is um, 
well, by the way, uh, there's coins. Coins are the actual native. Um, you have the the coin or the network, um, and then you have tokens. So you're like, okay, what's that? So, in for example, in Ethereum, Ethereum is the second largest um, cryptocurrency today, based on market cap. Uh, you know, the number one is Bitcoin still, but in 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 Ethereum, there is what they call tokens, and the tokens are, uh, think of it like when you have a Nintendo, right? You're playing a game on, on a console or even your phone, right? You have the coin would be the actual console or the network, right? And then you have the game or the cartridge that you play on top of the network. So that would be the token. Um, so make sure that you, when you're investing, you understand, is it the coin, is it a coin or is it a token? Uh, what is the configuration or what's the protocols behind it? And it's called a white paper. You can read them, uh, go to their website. Who's behind it? Who's the founder? Who's sponsoring it, right? These networks, um, not because they're, they're big and, uh, have a lot of money behind it. Just like any company, right? They could, it can flop. So be very savvy about when you invest, you invest um, wisely, right? Based on your risk tolerance. Um, so those are the things that you want to see. And if you feel, if you don't think that crypto is going to be here to stay, I, I'm going to, I, I totally disagree. <laughs> I believe blockchain and cryptocurrency are going are here to stay it is the it's it is the future just like the internet was the future um it's going to get a hold of it i mean it's it's part pretty much blockchain and cryptocurrency is is a fundamental um part or next stage to do business on the internet i couldn't agree more and you're seeing evidence of that with major uh funding entities like jp morgan chase and the big banks and and even countries adopting crypto and blockchain it's not just uh, some uh, you know entrepreneurs or these uh you know conspiracy theorists in their garage right <laughs> yeah no these are actual things that are happening for for example i'll give you a good example of already who's adopting so the state of louisiana um, they're already, you know, pretty much NFTing, and I'll get into what an NFT is a little later, but they're NFTing or putting your ID on a blockchain, on their governmental blockchain. So because, and protecting your digital ID um, for that. Why are they doing that? Because, well, if you remember Katrina, um, a lot of people lost their personal paper, you know, paper documents that were important, you know, passports, uh, marriage certificates, uh, birth certificates, right. and of course your ID. And so if we can digitize that and it lives on the cloud, it's cloud-based. So if there's a natural disaster that happens over here in that area, uh, at least all of my, my, uh, documents are secured on a on a uh, online or on a cloud so mm -hmm. it's cloud-based uh the state of utah they already are putting marriage licenses as an nft 
uh, and digitizing those and no, you know, you can actually, you don't have to, it can, your marriage certificate, it does, it's no more paper form, it's digital format, right? You're seeing already, I don't know if you noticed, but a lot more people are, you know, PDF files that are, you sign a document electronically. And mm -hmm. what most people don't understand is that behind the scenes, what's happening is they're actually tokenizing your contract. So in making sure that this was you and these two parties that signed this document has a digital um, uh, signature Agreement. to yeah. it. Yeah, and you're minting that actually, I mean, contract, right? Now where it would live, that contract could be in your computer or it could be in the cloud and on a OneDrive, right? Uh, and in email, which is digital format too. So think of those things that happens and let's push to the future. What's going to happen in the future where imagine a world where your medical information is digitized or tokenized, where when you go into the um, uh, hospital, you, especially your directives, right? Your final directives or, um, you know, resus resuscitate directives, they're on a blockchain. So they already know what you prefer and you opt in to, you tell who you want those uh, medical files to have access to and not have access to, so that you can be in control instead of someone else being in control of that information. There's so many potential benefits from it. I think far more benefits than risks or drawbacks or downsides. You know, I heard a, um, a story about a, um, He's a professional athlete, football player down in Florida, and he was in a car accident um, on the stretch between Tampa and Orlando, kind of in the middle of nowhere. And because his medical records were digitized, which is already happening and starting to happen, they were able to pull up, realize they found out that he was either diabetic or he was allergic to some, I think it was a, that he was allergic to a medicine or something, but they were able to help him. And if they had taken a different approach, he would have died on the spot because they had instant access to his medical data. I can't remember the exact scenario, but they were able to save his life. And um, it's a big, uh, it's a big, uh, I think a proponent or, or a big uh, uh, confirmation of the value of this type of technology. This is just one example, but there's thousands of them developing and coming out of the woodwork. Absolutely. So there's a lot of pros to having a blockchain, right? And and same thing like your title. Just think of your title of your car, right? Um, who holds really that master key to your title to the car or that, you know, you have your payment format, but you can always get a copy from the DMV if you lose it, right? And it's really the VIN number that's tied to your car. And then you have your title right? That's from the state. And that tells who's the ownership of that car is, right? And so, and that you can collateralize that car. We do that already, right? Through paper format. Well, imagine a world where you, your title is digitized. It's in the cloud. So whenever you're exchanging that title from one bank to the other, you, you'll, you'll get a lot less time to do that transaction, right? Um, same thing with homes, like your home, 
say it's paid free and clear, right? So your property, that title, usually it's in a paper format and it's at the county records, right? Mm -hmm. So that APN number, right? Or title, you know, a plot number is in the, it's, it's already registered to the government entity. So the government's already doing this already. They're, they're all these, instead of having paper, um, records they're digitizing these records it's already happening so having it on the blockchain is a lot more secure and that's the technology they're going to be using to secure these things so that's so, where we're we're going in the future so we're 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 approaching the end of the show and before we we run out of time here i think the big question people have is how can i get rich with crypto <laughs> so well, but, it's just, but really how can how can we benefit in your opinion you're an expert crypto investor uh, you received a lot of accolades for what you're doing what you're teaching in crypto a lot some of it is available through mabel academy but i'm, I'm being facetious a little bit but 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 really how do people benefit because that's a question most people have i i know someone who made millions of dollars in bitcoin how do i benefit from it personally Financially, I want to see my bottom line affected. And is there is there uh, any advice you can give before we run out of time here? Like I said, educate yourself. Know what you know. Start getting into the weeds of what is crypto. What is how is the system is going to be available? Uh, just like any stock that you invest in, you know, do your research on the company, right? Just like your coins and tokens that you're going to be investing in. Because your money is your vote. So you yeah. vote for that technology to, to grow or not based on your value. Well, your last 60 seconds, you got any favorite uh, coins out there or tokens that you uh, you recommend? Uh, you know, of, of course, Ethereum. I believe it's, it's the next evolution. I think it's going to beat out Bitcoin in the very near future. Um, Algorand is another big network that has promise. Um, Tezo is another, uh, network that I, I'm invested in. Uh, then there's my tokens. Those are coins that I'm, um, invested in. And then there's tokens that I've been, uh, Hex is a, another one. That's a, that's a token. And it's the first CD or certificate deposit, uh, on the blockchain. So those are the things that I, I look for and mainly DeFi, which is decentralized financial tools that are getting um, embedded or duplicated on the blockchain. That's great. Well, we've been visiting with Tony Salazar. If you, uh, if you want to learn more from him about everything he's talking about, go to maybillacademy.club. That's M-A-B-I-L. We're out of time. Tony, thanks for being back. I mean, uh, like I said, you're the first guest who's been here twice. We just had a lot to talk about, and I really appreciate your time, my friend. Well, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate it. If you want to find more certainty, come back next week, every Friday at 9 a.m. It is out there. It can be found. If you turn to experts like Tony and his uh, Maybill Academy, you can start to learn more. You can start to get ahead. If we can help anyway, we'd be happy. Wish you the very best. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. 
Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.